0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner.
1: Welcome in to the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports editor and columnist, along with Jed Demusey, Local12 reporter, producer, and anchor. And we are going to... Look back at the win over the Colts. We're going to look ahead just
0: looking at your face to the game and against the Jaguars. Talking about this discussion that we're about to have. But here we go.
1: The A.J. McCarron trade that was, wasn't, was botched. Maybe actually on both ends to some degree. Whether or not it was a Bengals paperwork issue or not. But maybe on both ends. But but let's get into the ramifications of this first and foremost. Let's go back to the offseason where there was some belief that the Bengals Jed should trade A.J. McCarron because he yeah. is a free agent. He's technically a restricted free agent today, but he is going through an arbitration process trying to become an unrestricted free agent. Because, Which, or, or, I, or, yeah, go ahead. which I didn't realize was still on the table for it him. Is, yes. That is still very still much not been on resolved. the table. Still not been resolved. We'll so, talk about that in here in yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, and the thought was, okay, get something for him in the off Value Value's going to be high. And the Bengals at the, at the Combine, Duke Tobin said, our phones are, are available. Call us if you want. But it was pretty much, you better wow us with an offer because... This is a team that going into the season thought it was a playoff team. Is still in the playoff hunt, maybe not as uh, as close as fans would like them to right. be or as close as they'd like to be, but they thought that they were a playoff team and and they had two capable quarterbacks, a capable starter and a very capable backup, which is a smart plan to have. Right. Um, three weeks ago, they worked out three quarterbacks, Matt Barkley, uh, Matt McGloin, and I'm drawing a blank on the third, um, TJ Yates maybe. Um, they worked out three quarterbacks, and I even wrote a column that surmised, well, maybe this is a precursor for looking into dealing A.J. McCarron at the trade deadline if you're not where you want to be. And um, I do think they like Jeff Driscoll, and at that point, Jeff Driscoll, as we see here today, is actually eligible to come off the injured reserve list. I truly think if A.J. McCarron had been traded yesterday, Jeff Driscoll would have been the backup quarterback at practice on, on, on Wednesday um, and, and moving forward this season. So it looked like that was maybe the case. So the Bengals apparently do have a plan in place to trade A.J. McCarron to the Cleveland Browns on Tuesday. By the 4 p.m. deadline, they get their paperwork in, and the Browns get their paperwork in, except the paperwork is not authenticated, authorized, and signed, and the deal falls through. The Browns tried to say, whoa, wait a minute, we, we, we still want to do this deal. I don't blame the NFL. Deadlines are deadly. You set deadlines for right. a reason, man. I mean, you knew back in whenever, nine months ago, a year ago, right. that at 4 p.m. on October 31st, that was the trade deadline. Period. End of story. There's no going over. There's no, hey, we got to deal in, in gentlemen's agreement because you can't do that to the rest of the league. That's not fair to everybody right. else involved. So I, I fully understand that. Let, let's deal with this first from, from, from who's to blame for this. Um, the, the easy part point the finger is the Browns, and then we can question whether or not there was some sabotage involved in this, and there may well have been. Um, if you start reading more, and I know you read a lot of Cleveland things, um, it, there, there's been a front office rift and a coaching staff rift almost since the season began, and probably before that, uh, with Hugh Jackson and, and, and Ray Farmer and his, his cast of clowns, um, there's been a rift going on. There's some belief that there were a couple of people that, yes, they wanted this trade, and the person who had to sign off on it apparently didn't, so the paperwork that was sent to the NFL or the email that was technically sent to the NFL uh, did not have his authorized signature on it for a specific reason. He didn't want to do the deal, whoever that person is that decided, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, let's start from that point. Where does the finger of blame go? And I'm going to point a little bit of it at the Bengals for this. J.H.I.A. get traded earlier Tuesday. Um, Jimmy Grappolo got traded Monday night. Um Look, you may have been Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin got traded, yeah, right, by, right before that. He like yeah. was three fifty seven, uh, three minutes before the deadline. I, I know it takes two to tango. I know there's always last minute. Okay, we'll do the deal. We'll go ahead and give you the third. Maybe that was the extra pick. We'll give you the third round pick. But you could have tried to pull the trigger on this quicker to yourselves in case something like this happened. To go, wait, what's going on here? I mean, most of the point of blame here, there's no question, does go to the Cleveland Browns.
0: Well, and I think trades get done in the 11th hour, and the 11th hour and 59th minute. You saw the Correct. Justin Verlander trade in baseball right. With, right. with Houston was not done. And then, oh, wait a second, actually there was uh, something that was sent in. So I think that's the nature of, of when trades get done. I think your earlier point that I think Hugh Jackson, I think, I think this is the most logical thing to think that Hugh Jackson had the blessing of Jimmy Haslam, that he said, I can win with A.J. McCarron. I, can, I think A.J. McCarron's a guy who can be here uh, long-term. Yeah,
1: and, and let me not not get not off, but I just want to make right. one point on that. Um, they weren't just – if they were making this trade, I think they fully believed they could sign A.J. McCarron long-term. They weren't doing this to rent him for the last um, eight or nine games of this regular season. You weren't trying to do this to win two or three football games – I think they believe that, that yes, long-term, even though he's going to be a free agent, that they'll be able to – they would get whatever tag. If it's restricted, they could work with that – but I think they believed if they were going, if they were going to make this right. trade that they could make a long term deal with
0: him. And the other part is is that they would they would buy, if he is still a restricted free agent they would buy themselves a year of him at a, right, at a rookie deal. And if they had to cut ties with him after that, then they cut ties with him. And then I mean they have more draft picks than they know what to do with anyway. So if they if they were able to get him and he was a restricted free agent he he'd come yeah, at, they, at, well, at a bargain.
1: Well, at a bargain, something they still have to tender him to some. They still have to tender him an offer um, a first, second, or commensurate right. money or let him walk. So he was still going to make two point something million dollars and then the hope is... Well, they're paying Brock Osweiler for a team. So correct. what's the difference no, no, if
0: they're paying... And,
1: and, and it's also possible they could have signed him to a long-term deal. You slap a lawyer. He's got the first round tender on him knowing that, that a team's probably not going to match that and then you come up and negotiate a long-term deal with the guy. So. Okay.
0: So I think that... I think what you said about the sabotage is correct. I think... I think Hugh and Jimmy Haslam are on the same page on this and then I think... I think Sashi Brown got cold feet. I think he got cold feet. I think they said, "Okay, we'll do it for a second and a third. They got he got cold feet and decided that he wasn't going to do
1: it. I don't Or think- there's a complete Total disconnect between the one side saying, I want to do it, the other side saying no, and the person in power maybe capitulating to somebody's face and then saying, to the hell with this, this is my decision to make. I'm I'm saying no, and you'll find out after the fact. Here's here's what I don't
0: think happened. I don't think that there was backslapping, slapping high-fiving, champagne-popping going on. I, I don't and everybody in, a, in an 80s sitcom looked at each other and thought, oh, I thought you picked up Jimmy from school. No, <laughs> I don't think it was a situation where the gross incompetence of not getting it in in time because you guys are all so excited about the trade. But, I but, don't think that's what happened.
1: But, 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 but with the Browns, it is easy to have that narrative because they are such so a blank easy show. to have that narrative. They really are.
0: And, and it, you know, that narrative I think would be welcomed by the front office as opposed to, Oh, there's a rift. There's, there has been a growing, growing trend or thought that Hugh Jackson doesn't like a lot of the guys in the front office. And this, in this, he doesn't sort of, like the analytics
1: approach, he just, right? Yeah,
0: and and this this only lends to that discussion if you say that there was saboteurs. I think there was. I think the Browns are more comfortable in in the in the narrative continuing. Oh, it's the same old Browns. They couldn't get it in. You know, they couldn't get the the trade in in time. They're more comfortable with that because that's what they're used to, as opposed to well, now not only are they incompetent, which they are in several other factors. But there's, there's a growing divide in, in the front office and the coaching staff. Not to mention that one of the second-round picks that they would have traded, I don't think it would have been their own, because that's basically a first-round pick because they're going to be number one. Correct. Right, yeah, yeah. The other person yeah. first in
1: the next round. You're the, right. It's, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like the old right. snake thing, yeah.
0: Right, the other, the other two second-round picks that they own, from the Philadelphia Eagles for the Carson Wentz trade, and from the Texans, not from the... Uh, That that was not from the Deshaun Watson trade, but from signing Brock Osweiler. So that was a pick that they they got for that. So they've got picks from the Eagles and the Texans who are set at quarterback, and they continue to kick the can down the road because they can't find a quarterback. And not only can they not find a quarterback, but you've got a front office and a head coach who disagree on who can be the next quarterback of this team. Mm Not to mention that we go into Garoppolo getting traded to the 49ers, and everyone says, "Well, Garoppolo couldn't couldn't the Browns have offered and got more?" Hugh doesn't like Garoppolo. Hugh doesn't like Garoppolo, but he, the other part of it is is that Brian Hoyer is probably in the next few days going to sign with New England. He already and did, he, and okay, already did, <laughs> but he couldn't be a part of that trade because correct. of compensatory That's picks correct. and all that sort of nonsense. So, not only that, that was
1: basically what the trade became.
0: Right. Right, so uh, people are saying, well, you know, the Browns they they're getting a second and third, or giving the Bengals, up, yeah, the Bengals are they're giving up a Is second. Is Jimmy and third.
1: Garoppolo not worth at least that?
0: Right, right. So who knows? There's there's also talk that Gar- obviously Garoppolo and Brady have the same agent, so there was some influence there. We don't, he doesn't want to go to the Browns. I think Bill Belichick would trade he would trade his mother up a river if he thought that was the right move. But I think there was some. Some uh, you know uh, there was something there where Garoppolo didn't want to go to the Browns. Not to mention that you do when you trade within the division, you're going to
1: ask for maybe a little more than you would otherwise. Well, uh, let's segue into that. That's perfect. And, and I, I did a column, kind of a five takeaways takeaways from it. And and one of them is the fact that the Bengals. Five left.
0: takeaways from this trade. Yeah, and
1: actually I forgot of this. I could have come <laughs> over the sixth. you could go. I could 10 have, almost. I, I almost forgot. Actually, there's a sixth I'm going to bring up here on this here in a minute. I think. Um... One of them is the fact the Bengals were willing to trade inside the division. Uh, the fact that they would have faced him this year when they still might be in a playoff race. Tells me this. Tells me they're not very worried about A.J. McCarron. That oh, no. Look, they, I, as a backup, very suitable. Can he start for teams in this league? Yeah, I think he could start, he would start for the Browns tomorrow if he'd have been traded to them. But I think it also shows, as much as fans think, well, you got to play A.J. McCarron over Andy Dalton, Bengals don't, whether you agree with it or not, Bengals don't think that way. And they're so unworried about him, they're willing to trade him to a divisional opponent you're going to see twice, including another time this year. Well, there's no question. And
0: you're assuming that A.J. McCarron would have been able to learn that Browns offense in time to play the Bengals. <laughs> it's Hugh's offense. He knows it. That's a joke. Um, there's no question if it's if it's the Bengals trading McCarron, if it's the, the Patriots trading Garoppolo, if you trade a quarterback at this time of the year...
1: Or really at all? You're basically saying we don't have. We're not concerned. Well, I, I, if the Bengals had traded him to someone else, knowing that look, he's a restricted free agent, somebody's going to give us a second and a third, we'd have to slap a pretty good tender on him just to get a second. Hell yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's do this now. And that's where I thought when they worked out those three quarterbacks that, okay, they were really they liked Driscoll a lot. He'd be back about that point. If he's not back, here was your insurance policy working these three quarterbacks out. Um, and, and I truly thought okay, maybe something is in the works. I still would have never believed it would have been to the browns unless it comes back to great doesn't matter to us he ain't gonna hurt us and ain't go ahead and take him and,
0: and not and, to, not to mention that
1: it's Mike Brown right trading with the Doug Browns. yeah <laughs> that's not he's not gonna want egg on his face right right I mean he's just not yeah and it's the it, last it, thing he wants to do is give the browns a quarterback that in theory could start them on the path to winning a division title. He's not going to. He doesn't want
0: to do that. No, of course not. He does not want to do that. Um, So it is. It is surprising. I think anytime you trade a quarterback, you're you're saying "Ah, we're not we're not too sure about this guy. But especially as you mentioned within within the division. The other thing I think this says, and this is sort of not necessarily a Bengals discussion. But I think if you're San Francisco and you trade for Garoppolo, you're basically saying, we don't like a lot of the guys right now in college. Correct. We don't think a lot of these guys are any good. And I think think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, we don't like Sam Darnold. We don't like Josh Rosen. We're not because so none of them sure have the op- done anything
1: to make you believe that, right? We're not
0: so sure. Uh, what's his name, Mason Rudolph? Yeah. came from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State. That yeah. he can, you know. So that that's a bit of an aside, but no,
1: I think it's. I, no, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I do think this. I do think Garoppolo and AJ McCarron had at least shown enough in their brief stints um, replacing Brady and and, and Dalton, respectively, that that based on the quarterback pool that's there, they at least deserve a chance. I, I think it does show that, and I think that. I get that, but I think part of what you said is absolutely right. Um, a couple other things, too, is I think at the end of the day, and I didn't use this, I said I had a sixth takeaway because I didn't include this in one of my five takeaways, yeah. is truth be told, this might be the best thing for A.J. McCarron now. I mean, now oh if he walks gosh. on the market. Look, he can he can pick the team now, in theory, or the team can pick him and maybe go to a better situation, right? Now, truth be told, Cleveland could still be the one. If the Bengals slap a second-round right. tender, maybe Cleveland calls the bluff and says, here, we'll give send you the second-round pick. We're going to match it, and we're going to sign him long-term. And again, I'm guessing the Bengals now, like I said, if they're willing to trade, they'd go, okay.
0: Well, what was A.J. McCarron going to do with the Browns this year? There's no Joe Thomas. Correct. The offensive line is a mess. Receivers balls. Mess. So, so, Receivers dropping balls. I mean, they, they had so many people inactive. I mean, their inactive list was
1: plus, plus, full here's of the, starters. Yeah, plus here's the other thing. He might be with Hugh Jackson for one game, two games, rest of this year maybe at the most, and then somebody else comes in anyway? So, I mean, this – and I'll give AJ. He was great to, great in the locker room on Wednesday. He handled it like a pro. Um, and I think deep down even he knows that, ah, you know what, if this was – and he even said it, this isn't what it was supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. And, and I think he realizes that, you know, I, I think he would have liked playing for Hugh, but I think he also realizes probably better for me that I get a chance to maybe in this offseason test the market and see where I go. Yeah,
0: and I think if the theory that I've put forth is correct, if Haslam said to Hugh – do you think you can win with this guy? Right. Then they are maybe on board with him long term, longer term. Talk about you, being Hugh. Long-term. Yes, yes. yes. That, that, that Haslam is more on board with Hugh being his coach a little longer term. I think that instills, right or wrong, that instills faith in in, in uh, from from Haslam to Jackson if he's going to make this move on 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 Jackson's uh, request. So, but you never know with the Browns. I, I don't think there's a quarterback. If, if it's true that Garoppolo said, hey, I, I know I don't have much say in this, but, you know, I, I really don't want to go to the Browns. If you can figure out any other way to, to figure that out, nobody wants to go to the Browns. Correct. And,
1: and, and Frisco's not a much better situation, but it's not as bad. I think it's, the, a, mu- I think it's a better situation. The Browns? Not with, not with the not with the dysfunction. Not with the dysfunction. There's some. I think John Lynch at least has a has a plan that he's going to stick to, whether yeah. that works or not. No, I'm saying that. Oh it's yeah, better. yeah. No, I thought you meant going to the Browns would be better. No, yeah, yeah no question. No, absolutely no question. not. No the question. Browns is
0: the biggest. They're the biggest dumpster fire Correct. in the league. Correct. They're the biggest dumpster fire in professional sports. Yes, very much. So I think you know they they had uh, the, the Niners front office had their issues with Jim Harbaugh and and that whole rift or whatever, and, and letting him go. But I do think that that's a better situation, even though I think it's a much better situation because I don't think there's a situation that compares
1: to Cleveland right now. No, no doubt about it. Uh, certainly a, a strange day because I was one that didn't even think they were in the market to make any kind of deal. I never believed they were in the market yeah. to trade Jeremy Hill. I don't think – even if Philly had not gotten J.H.I.A., I just don't think they were going to offer enough for the Bengals to make a move there. No. Um, I know fans were thinking that was an easy deal to make. Um, I, I, this one caught me by surprise because I just didn't, as late as it got, I just didn't think anything was going to, going to happen. One, One other point, I do think it shows this and I could be way wrong. I think it does show also, I think they like Jeff Driscoll, at least in a backup role. I thought he did some things in the preseason that made them like him. And I think even though you can argue it's, it's not a long shot for the Bengals to make the playoffs, but it is a longer shot that they were more than comfortable going those last nine games with Jeff Driscoll as the backup, and if Andy Dalton had gotten hurt, they were going to have you. Look, you're, you're, as you know, you're one snap away in this league um, from from going ahead and putting him in there.
0: Yeah, I, there's
1: there's no question that they were comfortable with with Driscoll, and they were not signing Colin Kaepernick in case anybody was wondering. No, okay. that's
0: no, that wasn't going to happen. Dang. But yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, I think that they were. I think that's exactly what what moving McCarron says, and. Outside of of McCarran, it's it's such a double edged sword because you say yes he did enough, but really when he did play in those games, it, it would have been very interesting. He did he
1: did he did okay. He, he did, did what, okay. He did what a what a back. What he, he, what he, he showed he, you is this. He showed you he he's not an incompetent quarterback, right. and I don't mean that in a bad way because I like right. the kid. I think. I do think he can start and have some success in this league. I guess. But he averaged 180 yards passing per game. um, What he did was, and I hate to do this because people think Dalton is, he really managed the three games he played. Um, You know, they got off to a fast start in the Denver game, and and all of a sudden Denver just shut him down and shut that offense down completely. He was more than willing to take a sack rather than throw the ball into coverage. That's why he only threw two picks, yet was sacked uh, 12, no, nine times in three games. Um, again, with a pretty decent offensive line that year, as you recall. Right. Because um, he was more than willing to take a sec. He did what they told him to do. Don't don't throw interceptions. Don't take risks. And we're going to be good enough to compete, to win the first two games, which they were, and then good enough to at least go out to Denver and compete, which they did.
0: Reasonable to think that Jeff Driscoll presented with the same opportunity could have done the same thing. I,
1: I, I can't tell you today, but I could tell you maybe going into next year a 30-year with, the, with this group of guys, that I think there'd be a little bit more comfort level. I, I really do. I, I mean, I thought I saw some things in preseason that made me go, "Right, he can do some things. He, he can do enough to, to get you through. Could he start 16 games in this league right now? No, and I, I don't know if McCarran can yet either because I haven't seen it. I've seen it a four-game sample that was okay. Wasn't bad. Wasn't good. It was okay.
0: So, the, the, the craziest if situation is if Jeremy Hill doesn't fumble that ball against the Steelers. He
1: does have the playoff win. He'd be the one with the playoff win. <laughs> and then you start then talking. Then you start talking. I mean, There's no could, You're right. The narrative, this, the, the narrative the p- narrative changes. The butterfly
0: effect that could have potentially no doubt. resulted in that.
1: You're, you're you're correct.
0: Would have been interesting.
1: Well, let's look back at the, the win over the Colts where I'm not sure if Carlos Dunlap, if he doesn't run that ball into the end zone for a touchdown, if the Bengals win the game. Look, they would have gotten a field goal, and they were in scoring range to score a touchdown. I just – the way that offense has gone in the last few second halves – 19 yards at Pittsburgh. You take away the first touchdown drive against the Colts, they had 26 yards the rest of that second half. Teams are latching on pretty quickly to what they're doing, and they're shutting you down in the second half. If Carlos Dunlap doesn't go into the end zone, my fear for Bengals fans would be your team would be sitting here at two and five, and they would have lost 23-20 because they would have kicked the field goal, um, right. and that's all they would have gotten out of it.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I, the offense that game we talked about this game. And I believe last week I said this has the feel of a of the Bengals get out and score seven. They're up seventeen nothing, and they kind of mail it in, so it looks right. close at the end. It was anything but that. Well,
1: and if you look, I mean the, the first the first time they had the ball, they drove down in a goal to go situation, you have to kick a field goal. Next time they have a field goal blocked, uh, that really could have and should have and maybe would have been fourteen to nothing right there. Instead, it's only three to nothing, and um, you're, you're in a dogfight against a bad team. And I'm telling you, Indy is a bad football team, man. And they, know, they
0: know they're bad. I mean, they, there's no... They're hurt. They, they, they've they, been bitten by the injury bug several times at, at every different. On the offensive line, in the, in the offensive backfield, on the defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, they've had an injury to a key guy at every position. It, it's to the point where it, it looks more and more like Andrew Luck probably will not play, even if he's capable of playing this year. This was a bad team, and they made guys look... Fantastic. Doyle looked fantastic. The, what, what's the defensive lineman's name? Anderson. Isn't, yeah, he was running circles around that that offensive line. Take a number, a uh, lot of people are. Uh, yeah, but I mean, these are guys that that you know cast off. Even one of your own cast offs, Marcus, yeah, Marcus Hunt. Hunt. Right. You had Pierre Desir and and Barcavius Mingo, guys that the Browns gave up on, <laughs> that were making plays in this game. Barcavius you know? got him a football recovery. That's right, and. This is this is a shamble of a of a team in Indy, and you know a win's a win in the NFL, and it's hard to win in the NFL. But you know it's it's interesting to think that this
1: team could very well be two and five, and they've got a they've got a pretty decent test coming up on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to talk about that in a second. I do want to touch on the John Ross situation because I know that's another hot button item for for fans that are that are listening and following this team. John Ross got six snaps. I said five on TV. I'm sorry, I forgot the snap he was in on a penalty, and I guess that counted as, a, as an official snap. Okay. But uh, five snaps. Um, just on the Marvin Lewis's conversation on Monday about John Ross, I'm guessing there's a good chance he'll be a healthy scratch on Sunday, or at least a chance he'll be a healthy scratch on Sunday. Um, I think this is a guy that just isn't where fans think he should be. And the coaching staff realizes he isn't. It's it's no more simple than that. This isn't a punishment for the fumble against Houston. Um, this isn't uh, trying to keep the man down. I think this is all, the only thing this is, is this is a guy that unfortunately hasn't gotten enough practice reps and enough snaps. Now look, I, can, I know you'll go, well, it doesn't take much talent to run down the field. No, it it probably doesn't. But are you going to get a guy just to run down the field ten times in a game knowing that you're probably not going to throw to him because he's going to be double-covered anyway? Now, granted, that might take some something away from somebody else. I don't know. I, I would probably have him active and maybe do it. But look, as a coach, as a coach myself, if I don't trust a guy to do things the way I want them done, I can't play him. I just can't, and I don't think they have a trust in him yet.
0: Okay, a couple things I want to flesh out with you. Number one is... Marvin said that he was only he only dressed because Cody Core didn't get through concussion protocol. Currently. That is correct, okay, which so tells you
1: that if Cody Core got through it, okay. John Ross was down. Okay, so now my
0: question is, will Brandon LaFell be active on Sunday because he didn't practice? He
1: didn't practice, but I I, I don't remember him getting injured on Sunday, okay. so I don't know if this is just a soreness issue for, for Brandon. But yes, I think if Brandon is down Sunday, then, then John Ross will dress. I so think this, that's it this could I think be kind of a musical chairs kind of it thing? It could be. We were trying to do a little bit of that today because I think Ryan Hewitt might be back. Um, I don't think you'll have Michael Johnson. I don't think you'll have Kevin Minther. I don't think you'll have Tyler Boyd. So there's three of the inactives right there. Right. You, they've de- de- deactivated two of the guards, Westerman and Redman. So now we're up to five. So now it's a matter of playing the musical chairs with the other two. I, if you ask me right now, I'd say it's 30-70 Ross is active on Sunday. And it would be, I think, 100%. If LaFell's down, I think then, yes, he would be up for sure.
0: And it seems to me, watching on Twitter and, and talking to some people, that there are two different camps on Ross. One camp says you can't put him out there and just have him run go routes for 10 plays a game. The other camp is, no, ab- you can absolutely have him do that. You can absolutely, at the very least, have him do that, and that will be beneficial. It sounds like you're more in the first camp than in the second well,
1: camp. I, I, I well, wa- I've watched a couple things. He, he has a hard time getting off jams, so you're assuming if you run him on a go route that he's going to not get jammed. And if he starts getting jammed, at least right now, and again, that's a, that, sometimes that's a, that's a work in progress thing of how to get off jams, how to work yourself around jams. If, if, if he can't get off it, then guess what? That safety that you're going, well, he's going to take a safety to, he ain't going with him. If he can't go for the line of scrimmage, the defensive they're going to, the deep, okay. the are going to go, well, don't worry about it. You him. you had got a man-to-man on that side. You're, you're, you're fine. Because if you jam him and hold him up and you don't have to have the safety rotate that way, guess what's going to happen against this offensive line if you take a seven-step drop hoping John Ross gets open deep down the field? And he's going to be on his ass,
0: pretty soon. Okay, that's a different question than can they or should they, as opposed to can Ross execute it? There are some people saying that he can't come in and like you just you can't have him do that. You're saying you don't think that Ross can not accomplish yet. that. Correct. Okay. No, I, I I get the that's part. different than saying I don't... he doesn't know the offense. You can't just run him down the field. No,
1: I mean I, all that is is just simply run a, run a run a nine route and go and just right. That's fine, but. Because I think, I think the assumption is people, people see that and they go, well, they're going to have to have a safety because he's so fast. In theory, yeah, but if, again, you're not getting to where you're supposed to get to and you're not getting into the safety level by the time the quarterback is getting ready to throw it and the safety is going back towards A.J. Green or somewhere else, then it's, he's in man coverage like another like any other schlep wide receiver this team has. And they've got plenty of schlep wide receivers that, that require man-to-man coverage that can't win one-on-one battles. So I, I get the fans' thought on that. You hear the speed, you see the speed, and you make the assumption, just run deep. Well, that sounds great. If you can't get off the line of scrimmage, you can't run anywhere. And he has a hard time with that on occasion. He really does. And I think, again, it's stuff that I don't get a chance to see all the time. I got a chance to see it on Wednesday, and it makes me believe there are some other things that he has to do. And I think, again, whether you agree with the coaching staff or not, they see far more than you do, I do, anybody does. You don't think if John Ross could help this team win games, they're not putting him on the field? Right.
0: Yeah. There's no doubt.
1: I, I guess what you want is the transparency of a coach going, here's what he's not doing, and here's why he's not playing.
0: You're just not going to get that. I mean, you're just not. No. And and a lot of folks are saying, well, he played through an injury last year. Why isn't you know why can't he play through? Well, he played through a shoulder injury, and that's different for a guy with his speed. If you're talking a lower body injury, right. This could be a mental thing, and, right? And, and who knows the, the the reason why he can't get off of get off of sc- or bumps or whatever. The reason he can't get off the line of scrimmage, he may be fully capable of doing it, but he doesn't trust. He doesn't trust his knees. Correct. And when you're a guy that's that fast and you have that much, you were a first round pick because of your speed, and you're not. You're not so sure about that knee. There, there's a big problem. Maybe he needs to get with whoever got with Gio Bernard, that make Gio look fantastic coming off a knee injury coming off a knee surgery coming off a knee surgery where he was he had a lot of faith in himself and he's he's displayed that on occasion no doubt uh this could be a mental thing with ross and the mental thing means that he's not able to do what the coaches need to see from him to have any faith
1: in him Yep. let's talk about this week's game the jacksonville jaguars um it has been a jekyll and hyde team it's almost funny to look at their scores They won at Houston in the opener, which they sacked Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson 10 times, 29-7. How did Tom Savage start for this Houston team? How did that happen? I don't know, because I guess they thought Deshaun Watson wasn't ready. And truth be told, (laughs) maybe even in the Bengals game he wasn't ready. But all of a sudden, he looks more than ready.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, he... Credit them for 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 changing the
1: tune mid-song no
0: mid, uh, mid there. But it, the way he's looked in the past couple weeks, it's hard to believe that
1: Savage got to start this year. Right. Anyway, go ahead. All right, so they win 29-7 at Houston. Lose at home, 37-16 to Tennessee. Then beat Baltimore and London 44-7. Come back home to, beat the, to play the Woeful Jets on the road. As I said back home, but come back to play the Woeful Jets. Lose 23-20. Going to Pittsburgh, they're going to lose there, right? 139 9 Come back home to play the Rams. We still weren't sure what the Rams were at that point lose twenty seven seventeen, then go back on the road to Indy, which is not very good, but they pummel them with ten more sacks, twenty seven to nothing. This has been a weird Jekyll and Hyde team.
0: Yeah, it has been. And that Rams game is especially just because it's 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 very real. A one o'clock start for a West Coast team is, right, is difficult. very difficult. So for them to come in and and really have control of that game was was interesting. You mentioned three of their lopsided wins are the Texans, Ravens and the Steelers. And for those of you just tuning in, those are three teams that have beaten the Cincinnati Bengals. So they, the 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 London game, you can you can and, say what you want.
1: And and the combined score of those three games was one thirteen to twenty three. So there you go. I mean, they they were pummeled. This is also a team that,
0: outside of the Steeler game, they've scored in every first possession that they've had. Six out of seven games, they have scored either a field goal or a touchdown. So the Bengals have had a hard time doing a lot of things. One of the big things they've had a hard time doing is playing from behind. No doubt. This year. So this could be a situation, if we get Dr. Jekyll, that this could be this could get out of hand very quickly. Because a lot of the other things that Jacksonville does well, especially on the defensive side of the football, are things that have been exposed for the Bengals by lesser teams.
1: I'm going by the... I occasionally like to play the horse races, and there's an angle when you look at some things called the A-B-A-B a, B angle where a horse throws in an A race, then a B race, then an A race, then a B race. And it's pretty good if you look along the lines. This team's gone A-B-A-B-A-B. A, B, a, B, so they're due for the B, which is a bad game, coming up, at least by that method. So if you go by that method, Bengals have a chance.
0: And they're coming off a of B-by. By.
1: That, that might be the So hopefully part. that it could be unfortunate. It could be...
0: You know, well, you can say what you want about how they've been A-B, but they've at least had a rhythm that's gotten to four and that, three. That's true. So maybe a bye week, if you're a Bengals fan, if you're an optimistic Bengals fan, you're saying maybe this bye week gets them out of rhythm. Maybe something happens where,
1: you know, they – I don't know. Fournette looks like he'll be back.
0: I was going to say, uh, let's look at some
1: numbers that are yeah. real, and and Fournette's numbers being one of them and, it, and the way they've run the ball. They're averaging 169 yards a game first in the NFL – and, it's, and, and they're very committed to it. They're going to run the ball a bunch. They're 34 times a game on average. But they're averaging five yards a carry with teams knowing, look, they, they don't want Blake Bortles to throw the ball unless they have to for the most part. So they are playing eight in the box, and they're still running it and running it stupidly effectively well. Bengals have been pretty good against the run. You take some quarterback runs out of the mix against them, mm. they've been pretty good. Uh, Frank Gore had some forward lean on Sunday that that I thought Paul Gunther on Monday, and I haven't gotten a chance to write this part yet, but he made a couple good points. One saying, listen, we got him first, and he said we need to have somebody else come and keep him from leaning for another two yards. And that sounds simple but you get that and i think that cleans up some of that it wasn't like frank gore ran through them he had some good runs what do you think the difference
0: between the extra effort of a 34 year old and the extra effort of a 20 20-
1: significant old? significant <laughs> so frank gore maybe gets 2 yards or leonard Fournette breaks one and gets another 20 30 40 50 yards i no i'm not disagreeing with that yeah. part of it but i think it's one of those that it's not like you're getting whipped at the point of attack it's a matter of first guy in's got to at least get there, and a second guy in has got to keep it from being more than that. And I think this team's been capable at. that. Again, you take some of the quarterback runs out of the mix, they're, they're giving up 3.8 a carry. I haven't done the math on it. I, I'd say probably it's down to 3.6 if you take the quarterback runs out. Um, you know, Gore's numbers weren't off the charts great, and None. Le'Veon Bell's weren't off the charts great, but both teams were very committed to running the football, though.
0: Right. Yeah, I think I think they could be in, a, in for a long day. That being said, with, with Fournette, I think – he he's a he's a special guy, and he's the type of guy who they're going to feed. As you mentioned, they are going to feed him. Not only is has Blake Bortles proven to be somewhat of a, I, I think a we mess. know I think we know what his ceiling is, and I think the ceiling is somewhat of a a guy who really isn't going to go out and win you a game. Not to mention that they, you know, they lose Allen Robinson for the year. One of their he was supposed to be their their top target. They've had to sort of. Mix and match. Marquise Lee, They've Mercedes Lewis has had a bit of a resurgence for them. He had one good game. He had three touchdowns. I mean, right. He he's only had eight, seven in the, catches. In the London game. Yeah. So he's he's providing somewhat of a spark, I suppose. But they're sort of a mess in
1: the passing game outside of Bortles. I think you really, and I think the Bengals, will you really commit yourself to first and second down and making it be Blake Bortles has to find a way to beat you. I, I, and that's easier said than done. Um, but I think this team is capable of that defensively. Now let's flip to another number that's very real. The fact that Jacksonville has sacked the quarterback 33 times. They have two 10-sack games. If they get this Bengals team in third and longs, holy cow, it could be a long day for them, too.
0: Calais Campbell, at 31 years old, is tearing up the NFL. He already has 10 sacks this year. He has been remarkable for them coming over from Arizona. It's on the Arizona.
1: pace for, for, for the, right at the record
0: Yeah, first season. Which is, you know... I. I I didn't really think, when I saw that Arizona wasn't interested in keeping him, I didn't know necessarily that he had this much gas left in the tank, but he, he certainly he's running on his own gas, to borrow a phrase from, from the Bengals. They've got a couple other guys that are close to 10 sacks. They get after the quarterback. The other thing about them, and obviously the two units are on the field at a different time, they aren't giving up a ton of sacks. Their, their sort of net sack ratio is, is pretty it's good. Plus 22. Okay. That's outstanding. And the Bengals is what? Pretty close to, to even. Uh, the Bengals I is, not I, think, no, I, think, I think they're negative. No, they
1: are they don't even. 22 and 22. They've okay. given up 22 and, and Andy's been sacked 22. Okay.
0: Days. So you've got on one side of the ball, they're not giving up a ton, but they're creating a ton on the other side of the football.
1: Now, one thing on the other side of the football though, is they're allowing 5.2 yards per carry. Um problem is this Bengals' rushing attack has not run on anyone. 3.2 a carry. It's been atrocious. It's just funny. Some of these numbers don't completely align, and I'm always one, something has to give. And I guess that's what it comes down to. So that, that said, something has to give. What gives and in what direction does it give, and what's the final score? I think this could be a, a real boondoggle for the Bengals on Sunday. Can I write I, that down? Yes. Can I use
0: that? You can use it. Well, you you already can, can it. use Go. it and write it and, and, and put it on somewhere where you can see it on your mirror. What about a hornswoggler? <laughs> I just – and it could be the type of A-B-A-B game you're talking about here, but there there really isn't a lot that you can point to and say the Bengals have an advantage in this area, in this game, outside of the Jaguars – the Jaguars haven't been good for a long time and they've they've had a lot of top picks and they've they've accumulated a lot of talent. You're they right. have an and, owner that is committed to winning and, and really sometimes winners
1: sometimes that talent all of a sudden comes to fruition and, and it's doing that a little bit this year at times. So I just you look at you look at how they
0: get after the quarterback, you look at their secondary who is their secondary has been playing out of their minds with with Jalen Ramsey and, and Gibson from the Browns who has played well for them. It, there just doesn't seem to be an, an angle. If you if you wrote down all of the things and gave and who Jaguars. has the advantage in right. each side, I think the, I think the Jaguars had the advantage, and I think I think they get a win this week. I think I think they win. I'm going to say twenty eight to
1: ten. Ooh, wow! I'll go I'll go Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville wins it as well. I'm going to go much lower score. I'm going to go seventeen thirteen. Um, I, I just think both offenses are going to struggle with each other's defenses. Um, You can look at some of the numbers from a rushing standpoint. If the Bengals can get to 85, 90 yards rushing, I'll give them a puncher's chance. I, I don't know if they get to that number. I just don't.
0: And, again, as I mentioned, this, this, could, this could turn hairy pretty quick because Jacksonville likes to get out and score. They've scored on
1: six of their seven and, and, opening and, drives this and, year. And if this Bengals team gets behind and it gets into half-to-pass mode because, A, you can't run it, and, B, you're behind – it could be a ten sack game. I mean, it is, although Andy's Andy, to his credit, is pretty good at avoiding sack issues, but you could see it kind of avalanche But I'm going to go seventeen thirteen. Jacksonville uh, wins it. I, 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 there's still the Blake Bortles factor that still is oh, always in the back of yes. your mind that he yes. can help the Bengals out more than he can help Jacksonville out.
0: Yes, there's there's no question. And there was talk earlier this year when the Chargers were struggling, when the when the Giants were struggling. It was chatter, but it was do. Do the Jaguars make a move for a quarterback? Do they try to figure out if they can get a quarterback in here that can do more than what Bortles is doing? And it's not hard to find one of those guys, but they're sticking with Blake, and uh, and they're limiting him. They're they're they running are. the football. I mean, they that's are smart. They're limiting him, and if they played all their games in London, that he'd be he'd be knighted by now because he seems to play well there. But uh, outside of that, they're he, they are limiting him, but. I think I think the Jaguars get the win this week.
1: All right, time for our three-team teaser of the week. Where I got off the Schneid a week ago. Thank you, thank you. I had New Orleans minus two. I had Minnesota. It really didn't matter. I can't remember what I teased it to because they won by minus way more than half. enough. That was dicey for. Was a, a bit, while. But it doesn't. But take then the long. Browns. The Browns are the Browns. And I took Seattle in that shootout, getting actually a point and a half in the teaser, and they won by four. That was an so incredible game. Really was. So I, I finally get my first win of the season. You took another L. So we both have one victory to this point in our three-team teaser of the week. You want me to go first? Go ahead. All right, here we go. Here's my three-teamer of the week. I'm on a roll. All right, one in a row. Really, is, is that, <laughs> that, any, that constitutes no, a row. There's role. really no such thing as a row. One, it's just one. I'm, I'm stuck at one. All right, I'm going to take Philly, tease them down to a point against Denver. Um, I'm not a, still a big believer in Philly, and maybe I should start to be getting there, but I'm really? also a believer that Denver's terrible.
0: I like the message that Adam Gase sent to Jay Ajayi.
1: Yeah. If you
0: don't act, if you don't... Straighten up and fly right. We're going to trade you to a to the, contender. To what is now maybe the
1: one of the best teams in the NFL. Guess
0: what, buddy? You're going to get a playoff bonus. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll show you right, um, I'm going to take the Giants, hopefully getting a little healthier oh. at home against the Rams, getting ten and a half. I just think that's just too big of a number to be getting at home. They're actually a three and a half point dog at home. I think they win the game outright. Really? But I've okay. also been a big Giants blowhard all year, so that hasn't helped me any. No. Um, and lastly, um, Dallas is at home getting, um, actually, no, I think it teased this up to eight. I think they're getting one from Kansas City. Um, I'm gonna tease that up. I gotta tease to seven, but I think it actually teases itself up to eight. I don't know why I did that, but anyway, it's it's in that ballpark. I'll, I'll take. The, I'll just say seven. It's what I wrote down. So Philly minus one, Giants plus ten and a half, and Dallas plus seven.
0: Okay. Well, I will start with one that is in direct opposition to you. I will take the Rams plus four and a half, coming off of a bye week. Against Ooh, the Giants, it's a lot on the road, man. It's a lot on the road. I know you have a great affinity for the Giants. The guy in the press box, and and you've been, you know, you big big Giants fan ever since your your trip there last year. And yeah, how, yeah, common, how accommodating yeah, they were. They're very accommodating. Good people. <laughs> I think he's what? still shaking because I was going <laughs> to kick his ass. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I, I like the Rams this year. I like. Uh, I, I think they're they're going to find a way to make the playoffs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rams. Sean McVay. My they've guy. been good. I'm going to tease uh, New Orleans down to a pick'em against Tampa Bay. I think
1: Tampa Bay is a mess. I took. It's funny. I, I looked really hard at that game. I just I have trust issues with New Orleans. I wish I didn't. I just have trust issues with them. I took them last week. I know because I think the Bears are that bad. But I they that just smells to me. It seems like every time those those NFC South teams play, and one team is a really small favorite over the other, right? The dog wins every time. Right. That's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, I the I, I just I I've watched Tampa a few times this week. And they, they can't get the ball, year. Mike
1: Evans. They're they're a mess. They
0: are a mess. So I'm gonna try to exploit that, and then I'm going to take San Francisco. I think they're coming back. Oh boy! They were the betting oh darling. Oh boy! I'm gonna take them plus nine at home against Arizona. I think Arizona is is getting close to mailing this season in. Sure. There was there was talk this week. I think Air Bruce Arians came out and said that. I don't think we're getting David Johnson back, so and, then I think, I, and Carson's
1: got the broken arm. And. Carson,
0: yeah, I think I think this is a, a team that's wounded, and I think that you know at least Garoppolo probably isn't going to play this week, and he may not play the rest of this year, according to some reports. But I think there is at least some rejuvenation in that locker room, saying our somebody believes in us because they're out there trying to do something. They're trying to make so I, hopefully mentally. And nine
1: points can help them get get it at least cover against the card. All right, there you go. There's your uh, there's our three team teaser of the week. Lastly, uh, give us the Bengals Nation update for uh, basically the upcoming week, and, and what else you got going on.
0: Well, this Saturday you can catch Bengals Nation. We'll have George Iloca as our guest, and then a week from Wednesdays, we're taping this on Wednesday. So a week from today, I believe we have AJ Green scheduled to join us at the moreline Lager House. So that will be. Uh, Obviously, when when uh, when AJ comes around, there's there's a high demand, so you, you probably want to get there early because we only have a limited number of, of autograph tickets. Um, so the Luke Fickle show, obviously, 10:30 Sunday night on Star 64. They head to maybe a win Tulane. Maybe a win potentially, maybe let's hope so. Um, and then uh, Sports Authority on Sunday, obviously, uh, you will be on the field, with Gary from Jacksonville, yep. win
1: or lose. And uh, whole complement it shows
0: six, ten, and eleven every night.
1: On there the we platform. go. And you can catch uh, our podcasts each and every week. I got the Angry Quarterbacks podcast with Tom Gamble, my former radio partner, and Tony Pike, the former UC quarterback. And of course, our college basketball podcast. Going to start that up twice a week. We're going to do one more one day podcast for, for this coming week. You know, if you're listening to this now and you've not got a chance to go to localfootball.com, please do so and you can catch college basketball podcast with Rick Boring from Musketeer Report and Chad Brenner from BearcatJournal.com. For Jed Demucey, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us on today's skinny podcast, the Bengals edition.